Welcome to Life Behind the Highlight Reel, the podcast that takes things beyond the curated life we all see online. Join hosts Sarah and William Huffman as they dive in with their friends to talk about the good and the hard things that come with a real, not perfect, life behind the highlight reel. Hey everybody, William here and Sarah. And we just need to let you know that we are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with Remax Results, a good life group. And that's our legal disclaimer. Hi, everybody. Today's topic and speaker is the one and only Jonah Flores. I can go into our own intro. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Because Will might cry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Proud moment to have Jonah up here with us. Um, So uh, Will and I started a Good Life, Remax Results, a Good Life group. It will be five years in September. And Jonah has been with us since go, since drop, since... Who are you? There we go. So my name is Sarah Huffman. This is William Huffman next to me. Hey, everybody. William here. And um, we just, we bring meeting of the minds to our community, both in person and online, because we really wanted to give people an opportunity to learn, to grow, to hear success stories, to um, learn about themselves. It is not necessarily real estate related, but it's really just like how, as a community, do we band together after a strange couple of years and get better? And so that's where meeting of the minds kind of came from. And as we were going through topics, uh, we really wanted to highlight Jonah because she has come through adversity and she'll share her story um, and found a great success. So what else do you have, Will? I have a lot. So thank you everybody on the live stream for joining us. I know we've had people from all across the country um, wanting to join. I know I'm glad to have the 15, 20 people we have in the room. And I'm excited for everybody else that's here as well. So thank you. Um, eat the food. As I said, it does not get cheaper if they throw it away. So uh, yeah, take as much of it as you can. There is coffee over there. It's slightly better than, you know, it's just regular coffee. Uh, it's delicious. It's, it's, it's the best coffee ever, said no one ever. Um, my name is William, and I am going to try and not ramble too much today. If you know me, you know that's probably not going to happen. Without further hesitation, let's go ahead and start. Uh, Jonah, why don't you give us a quick introduction of who you are right now, <laughs> and um, we'll kind of go from there. Sure. My name is Jonah. This is my fifth year now in real estate, and I have had my entire career with Sarah and Will, um, and it's been exceptional to just watch the team grow overall and me grow as an individual. Um, What else do you want to know? No, that's fine. (laughs) I mean, I could ask you questions all day long. So you guys, it took a lot of convincing realistically to get Jonah up here. So I'm going to um, allow her to kind of navigate the way she wants to talk because uh, I'll show some love on her. Uh, Jonah is a $10 million plus a year producer. She is NARS 30 under 30 for the nation. Um, which is by no means a small deal. Um, her her background. Yeah. Can we actually start there? Yeah. Jonah, uh, we, we'll go back into your background, but I think just to like set the stage for yes. what you have accomplished, when people hear NAR 30 under 30, like we know that that is an insane accomplishment because that's a national award. But can you actually talk to us about what that is, what the process was, um, how you worked for it? Can you start there? Yeah. Um, they choose 30 applicants every single year. Last year, I was chosen as one of them. And who is they? Um, National Association of Realtors. So I had to go through a fairly extensive process for applying. I met a lot of the people that have been previously introduced to that network, and they do an exceptional level of sales every single year. I think um, they do a lot of community involvement. So even though I sell a lot of real estate, but to be totally honest, there are, I'm sure, a lot of other individuals that sell double what I sell. Um, The reason they chose me for um, this year was because of my community involvement. Um, And aside from that, I did have some a really high productive year for 2020. Um, and a lot of that came in when the social injustice came in, um, the protesting and the rioting downtown. And I shared a lot of our cleanup efforts, Hannah and I, 
um, helped clean up the city of Minneapolis and it was just decimated um, when we had walked through. The other thing too, is we did do sponsorship events. Cindy Vadness had helped us spearhead one of them to provide some supplies for neighborhoods out in St. Paul. Um, yeah. Why, why is that stuff important to you? I mean, it, I, I say stuff because I do why, because not a lot of people volunteer. I mm -hmm. mean, everybody talks about wanting to volunteer and talks about wanting to give back to the community. You, you do this. Like this is like one of your core beliefs. Why? I never understood it until I really broke down my background, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, one of the biggest things that keeps me grateful is perspective. So understanding if I'm having a hard day today, my version of hard today is a different version for somebody else. Um, and being mindful of what the community needs and people in the community is something that I've always been able to contribute to. And I, I am a firm believer of giving when you can't, because if you can put forth the action to go volunteer, even if you don't have money, it's something that is instilled in you, I believe. Um, and yeah, it's just something that I've, I've always done is give back. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, I can keep going. I actually wanted to yeah. jump in because you mentioned someone named Hannah. And if you can just give us a quick um, introduction of like who, who you are, like what's home life like, like, tell us a little bit about that. She's probably watching. Hi, um, Hannah. We're here. <laughs> she is my, well, fiance. We are, haven't announced whoop, it whoop. yet. Now we just. Oh, did. just did. Oops. Yeah, exclusive. <laughs> we just got engaged. Um, She is, she's amazing. She um dedicated her entire life to public health. And I did not know exactly what public health was until I heard her speak. And in a clear cut definition, it's literally dedicating yourself to improving the quality of lives of everybody in the community and understanding disparities and understanding, um, yeah, disadvantages overall down to race, down to sex, down to um, anything that could impact them. And a big part of it was housing. So I actually didn't get clear on my why until I really understood the passion that Hannah had for public health and how housing has a direct correlation to that. So I'm just going to tee it off there, Jonah, like you talk about your why and really your why the title of this has been um, finding your why, which also helps you find your purpose. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Like, what is your why every day? To get up and be the best version of myself. And that starts at home. You know, that starts. Okay. That to somebody who hasn't heard that, I'm just going to stop there. Cause to somebody who hasn't heard somebody talk like that before, it sounds like a load of crap. Like it really, like it does. Come on. If somebody says my goal today is to be the best version of myself. Well, no, duh, that's everybody's goal. Right? Like, what is, what does that mean? Uh, it is sorry to put you on the spot there. Like we didn't rehearse this, but we like, didn't, we, no, we, we didn't. No, not at all. Imagine that. But I mean, what does that mean to, if you can just get a little more granular or as much as you're comfortable sharing? Yeah. Um, a lot of it, well, to me, it's hard work. It's hard work. It's discipline. Um, and a lot of it is commitment. And that starts from my personal life down to my clients, down to my community. And I've really, I've been super clear on this, especially coming into 2022. If one of those aspects aren't fulfilled. So if I'm not giving back to my community, if I'm not showing up in my personal time, or if I'm not giving the most to my clients, I can't feel like I'm fulfilled no matter what my production is this year. Um, and I've felt that, you know, for 2020 during COVID and during the protesting and the rioting, we felt the need to have to give. I want to go back to how you got into real estate. Like, how did that happen? Were you like growing up and thinking, hey, someday I want to be like a badass realtor and like... <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's keep it PG-13. Okay. That's PG-13. Yeah, isn't it? nothing above the S-bomb. I don't know if my mom's watching, um, <laughs> but so cultural expectations. I'm Asian. I grew up in the Philippines. I'm an immigrant. I came here when I was seven. Um, our culture was very much stick with something safe. Um, and that meant IT. That meant nursing. That meant being a doctor. Um, I found out very quickly I couldn't get into the medical field because I faint at the sight of blood. 
um, whether it's my own or somebody else's. So I've never met. How did you find that that out? I don't know. (laughs) I want to hear that story. Um, But yeah, so culturally. Keep going, Jonah. (laughs) um, My mom was very, very clear on the fact that we have to go to college and we have to stay on those paths. My brother is in Iowa State right now pursuing IT. My sister is an RN and she's in Utah. Um, So they followed. I was the odd one that decided to go into business and that was very frowned upon. So what kept you going? It's a good question. Um, I was really passionate in business. I, I just understood it. And I knew that my passion was problem solving. It always has been. And that's what real estate is, figuring it out. Um, A lot of people have asked me, you know, hey, I'm interested in real estate. What does that look like? And a lot of it is solution, what just identifying the problem and providing solutions. Um, I went to college and um, I had to... It was a very difficult time in my life because I left home very abruptly at this time. Um, and remember, I'm an, I'm an immigrant, so I needed a lot of documentation to be able to take out something as easy as a loan. And um, at that time, it wasn't, I wasn't in the best standing with my family. So I had to... I was going to say, tell me more, but never mind, just keep going. <laughs> I had to find a way to go to college. And I had to be very strategic because every class is very expensive, especially if you're paying out of pocket. And that's exactly what I did. Um, So I was really fortunate to be able to, um, I started in Greenville. So it's a restaurant down in Lakeville. And I started from the front. And by, I think the sixth month I was serving, I went into bartending, which provided me the best opportunity financially um, to go to college. So I would bartend at night. I would do full-time schooling and I started in business management. I realized that it wasn't the best fit for me. So I finished all my courses. And if you know me, that you know that this is exactly how I work. Um, I took all the required courses and then I went into accounting and I took all the required courses for that. And balance sheets and ledgers were very, very natural to me. And then I also took all the courses for economics. The only reason why I didn't finish, and it is my biggest regret, is because I am stubborn and I didn't see the need to take electives like art courses or anything that I really can't apply. Um, You know, so if there's anything I wish I would have done, I wish I would have gone back and finished. Um, But I took a lot of a lot of the courses I needed to be able to understand the economy and how money works. Awesome. Can everybody hear her okay when she's talking? Okay, otherwise we can turn it up. Do you want me to turn it up? I, I asked this question too. The question was, how many credits do you need, Jonah? I have no idea. Yeah, she's moved on. <laughs> I think she's doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, you know, you said you're an immigrant. And um, now you said, I mean, you couldn't get something as simple as a loan um, for, for, and to, to go to school. Um, what do you want to share about where you came from, how you got here? Um, or if you don't want to at all, we can just totally skip that. But if we want to go back that far, uh, I'd be interested in hearing more about that. And my question too, is how old were you when you came to the U S yeah. So I grew up in the Philippines. It's a small Island near Asia. Um, I was raised by my grandma and my grandma was very, very strict and I was really fortunate because my mom worked super hard to support us from a different country. She came here on a work visa. She was a valedictorian and she pursued IT. She, I mean, you know, she was a hard worker. That's where I learned a lot of my work ethic. And so she would send money back to the Philippines yep, to put us through private school. And it, we had a lot more schooling years required in the Philippines. I'm not sure why. Um, but I did, I was very fortunate to learn English right away when I was younger. So I was fluent in it as soon as I came to the States. Um, one of the, I don't remember much cause I was so young. There was one thing, um, that I do remember and it were, it was the, the villages. 
So my grandma's house was a couple blocks away from the markets and the villages. And uh, the village, I would walk past anytime I would go to the market. And I remember just seeing these squatter homes. And the structure was built out to be two, two to three sheets with one open front and a thin sheet of metal over the top of it. And the ground was just dirt, like gravel. And I remember walking past this to get to the market um, and seeing like children and families. This is where they lived. Um, and sometimes I would, when I'm going to the market, I would drop off leftovers. And my grandma would say, hey, why would you drop, why are you dropping off leftovers? And just for perspective, how old were you at this point? Uh, between five to seven, because I came to America when I was just turning eight. Um, so that was, and I, everything that I'm going to talk about today really does come into full circle. And this is one of the biggest reasons why community, I didn't want to get into it then, um, is so important is when you see something like that, it really sticks with you. And homelessness here is different. It's still a very big problem here. Um, but in a different country, that's a whole nother level of homelessness. They don't have shelters there. Um, and it used to flood in the Philippines. It would flood. There would be tons of water. Um, and these people had really nowhere to go. There's no shelters down there. It's basically borderline third, third world, in my opinion. Okay. So that's one of your core memories is if, if we want to put it that way, I'm, is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you, you grew up seeing that that's kind of one of your earliest memories. And then you said you came here when you were eight. What did, what did that look like? Yeah, um, I came here when I was eight. Um, my mom at the time was just getting married to her now ex-husband. And they had um, my brother, Shane. So I was, where were we? We had an apartment when we first came here. Then my parents bought a home out in Rosemount. And that's where I was raised. So I went to Rosemount High School. Um, I haven't talked about this part out loud and I've really had to learn to lean into this because it is part of my story um, and why I work the way that I do with my clients. And when I was younger, I um, experienced a form of abuse. Um, it happened around um, end of elementary school going into middle school. And it taught me very quickly how to make um, difficult decisions being young. Because essentially, um, when you're forced into this abuse situation and social services gets involved, what happens is everybody that's involved in there has their entire world rocked because they take you away, they put you in a facility. My mom had no idea what was happening until she came and got me. Um, police get involved. And essentially what happens is they have to break the family apart. So it's either the, the person who abused or the person who is being abused needs to leave. And there's a restriction. So you can't be within X amount of hundreds of feet. Otherwise, the police have to come and come get you. Um, so very quickly, I had to make the decision of where I was going to spend my time. So I stayed at my mom's house um, for the majority of the times, except for holidays or any events where family was supposed to be spending time together. Um, and I made the decision to leave because it was, it was hard on my brother and it was hard on my family. Um, and really all we would do is just sit there and talk about what had happened. And at that time, I just wanted it to go away. I mean, I was nine, 10, um, and you just can't take that away. So I shut down the entire time. I had, um, and remember, I don't have any family here. I have my immediate family. And because grandma is still in the Philippines. Yep. Um, and then everybody, I think, was just in shock. I had shut down the entire five years. It was a five year ordeal because um, I wouldn't talk. And I had, you know, family members from the other side who were asking me to just not say anything and try to drop the case. And you just can't at that time. People are going to ask you questions to clarify what had happened. Um, ultimately, this was right before the recession happened. And my mom not, had, not only had to pay for my legal fees to have my lawyer and my treatment, 
she also had to cover the fees for her ex-husband now because that's my brother's dad um and it put us in a really tough position and then the recession hit um in firsthand i experienced how difficult it was um for my mom because we almost lost her home so that it got a little <laughs> dark and deep but it is one of those pivotal parts in my journey for finding my why because back then home was a place i did not feel safe in home was a place i never experienced christmas thanksgiving um new years i was always removed from my house um so my family could spend um holidays together and my definition of home was shelter shelter so i could get dressed i could eat leave and go do my fun things with friends or go to work or whatever that looks like um now it's different obviously and um it really taught me how to define what home is you know experiencing firsthand a place that wasn't home and being able to build my own now and really understanding that that is the staple that's the foundation of a good life and no pun intended obviously <laughs> we'll um, take it says a good life group but now i mean we just we closed on our house in august and every day i see it every room i see it when we're painting a room or we're decorating a room it's a it's a mix of our own style it's something that makes us feel like this is a safe place and i you couldn't put a number amount on that for somebody who hasn't been able to experience that until 24 25 um you really can't put a number on what it feels like to be home i mean that is like that's an incredible reason for your why and why you're so passionate with how you help others and just even the way you take the time like in your profession to accept people where they're at like whatever their situation is you are a problem solver and like hearing this story, like I knew you were a hard worker and I knew you were driven, but when you hear back to like being five years old, seven years old, dropping off food, having a traumatic experience that you had to go through as a young child, how you moved out of your, we didn't even talk, talk about that, but how you moved out of your house, you know, abruptly and really learned how to take care of yourself. And now you fast forward to 2022 where you're newly engaged you have a beautiful like homey home like when you when you see their home it is it is it's annoying how cute it is <laughs> yeah. but it, it it truly is like that is like as someone who who grew up here that is the american dream and like i think about all the adversity that you've gone through and you haven't given up you just kept going yeah and that is one of the biggest reasons why i agreed to be here um a lot of times i think people don't want to talk about the hard things and for the longest time i did not want to talk about the hard things and the more and more that i leaned into hardship and how to overcome hardship it's really helped me establish like why i do what i do and it's helped me understand how to stay focused and i don't want to say motivated but how to just be present and how to show up even when you don't want to like when I think of you, Jonah, I really think of the word discipline. And sometimes it can just be like, wow, how does Jonah, why is she so successful? Like, oh, it's just Jonah. Like, that's just how Jonah is. And it's like, no, Jonah's super disciplined and Jonah is super um, consistent. And Jonah has amazing follow up and follow through. And um, in everything, not just in real estate yeah. and lead generation and in friendships. In, in friends, in, yes, absolutely. In your personal life and everything that you've dedicated yourself to. Um, I, I don't think I've heard a, a failure come out of you. I think I've just heard of other opportunities to get better. And that's, that's an incredible mindset that man, that's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very inspiring thing. So Jonah, we've known you for the last like five, six years, and there's been incredible growth. Like we just knew you as like professional Jonah, right? Like there's been incredible growth in the last five or six years what like what are your goals for like five to six years from now that's a good question um 
the biggest thing that I've found the past two years is living. I've found the place where I am very comfortable. Like I've found the, the minimum of what I need to make to be able to be successful at home. One of the biggest things that I'm working on right now is being present in my personal life. Because a lot of times, I mean, any business owner, whether you're a real estate agent or a lender or a small business owner, you take your work with you at home. And I started finding myself taking phone calls, um, not being present. And my partner deserves better than, and she would never tell me that I, I need to get off my phone or stop working. Um, she'll just take a really good Instagram story. She yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> or, or she'll say somebody has to pay for the house. I work for the government. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. She's Guys, probably yeah. watching. Right yeah, now. she is. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Um, <laughs> but that's one of the biggest things that I've focused on is really it's wellness. You know, I found myself really sick in 2019, 18. You guys saw that. And I had overworked myself like and I was out for a full month. Um, it, it was like she, it was scary. Like it was scary. Like I'm like go to the hospital right now, or I am going to physically carry your scrawny ass in there. And I look at her. I could. Yeah. If I could catch her, they couldn't figure out what it was. I, it was stress. Um, it was a lot of stress and just nonstop working. So at the time, my partner was finishing up her master's and we used to do work dates. So I would literally go into the office at nine and leave at one of the nights we left at 11 PM because she was st studying her, uh, for her exam. That was annoyingly cute too, just saying. <laughs> and then on top of that, there's always more to, more to do in real estate. There's, there just is, especially with a growing team. Um, and in I think it was in August. In August, I started feeling um, like a sharp pain on my arm, and I went to the I went to the hospital four or five different times. It racked up like a twenty thousand dollar hospital bill total, and. Um, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure out if it was a stomach issue. Um, it Aren't got they throwing around like Graves disease and Crohn's. And like, I have no I, idea. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I <laughs> they remember. just kept pumping me with IVs. They sent me home. And one of the days I had a really good friend who was looking for a house. So I, I'm my stubborn self. I'm like, I'm going to go take you. Uh, we went and toured one house. I tried to drink water and I couldn't keep the water down. And that's when I had called. I think I called you and I had to cancel the rest of the tours. Um, cause I couldn't, that's when I knew something was wrong is if you can't keep water down, that's not good. Um, so immediately I went to the hospital, Hannah took me, um, I was there for 48 hours. They still couldn't find anything that was wrong. Um, but all in all, like that was a big wake up moment for me because yes, I want to work. Um, but at the end of the day, if I'm incapacitated, who am I going to be able to help? Nobody. Um, and that's when my growth journey start started, excuse me, with fitness and wellness and Hannah's vegan. So I still eat meat, Weird. but I'm, I'm supportive. So I have taken in a better diet. Um, and we work out pretty often every morning. Can you tell us a little bit about your wellness routine? Yeah. Um, we work out depending on the classes we go to lifetime. Um, I prefer to start at five, but there are no classes that start that early. So five a.m. Yes. OK, I just want to make sure a.m. You guys um, five forty five. We have yoga courses. So yoga has actually been something that I've instilled in my daily practice because it it helps you slow down. Um, it increases blood flow and circulation and it helps you be mindful because after you do all this work, you have something called uh, is it vinyasa? Well, I swear I do shavasana. There we go. I swear I do yoga. I don't know why I blanked out. Um, shavasana. But it's like right, the Kyle? past yep. five to ten minutes. The 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 last five to ten minutes. You take the time to really be grateful for your body for doing all the work that you just did. Um, that was a great thing that we've um, gone into. I also do yoga sculpt, which is weightlifting yoga. That's a That's different some level. Gangster yoga, That's a different right there. Level. <laughs> Holy bucket. Yep. Yeah, so it's oh. 45 minutes with weights, um, lots of cardio. And the best part is this is how actually how Hannah and I had grown the foundation of our relationship is she was also in her best version of herself working out, doing the same exact practices that I was doing. So we just brought them together. 
So instead of her going to yoga courses, we would mesh our schedules to go do yoga together. So we worked together, we worked out together. Um, and it worked out really well for both of us because on the days that I don't want to go, she would want to go and I'm very competitive. So I would race to go out to beat her and vice versa on the days that, you know, she doesn't want to go. I'm telling her I'm out the door and she's racing to come beat me out the door. So, so what I hear there is even you, this rock star of a person who holds themselves to a very high standard and schedule still sometimes need that outside accountability person. Absolutely. It's not easy. It's snowing outside. Nobody wants to go. Outside. I don't have auto start in my car because they, oh, they haven't came out with a model for it yet. But anyways, so it's in really hard when it's negative five to go outside and then have to go work out for 45 minutes. Um, the workout was really helpful. We took it the next level up and I found like, um, when we went to Mexico, they had us do a therapy treatment and it involved the sauna and a hot tub. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's instill that in our practice. So we worked out, then we went to the sauna and now we're doing like cold water therapy, which is, it's not a dunk for like a tub. We're just doing a cold shower basically. Cause they don't have a, a tub with cold water in it at lifetime. Um, but that's one of the newest things that we've tried out. And it really it shocks your body into, I don't know how to explain it. It reduces inflammation. It does. It shocks your body into like, um, down to your mental awareness, down to your physical ability. It does reduce inflammation quite a bit. So, so you went from literally killing yourself with stress to you're stressing me out with cold showers. Anybody else want to take a quote? Not with me. Don't make it weird. All right. But that's okay. I, I say that to be kind of funny, but to be serious is 2019, you were, I mean, not exaggerating, working yourself to death. Like you were not doing well. It was a very scary time to now you're up here telling me to take a cold shower. Like a lot happened in there. Mm -hmm. And that's just a really cool uh, jump that you've made um, without any hard work or dedication at all. Right. Yeah, no. So yeah. Jonah, you know, I, I said like you're one of the most disciplined people that I know. How, what do you do for fun and how do you schedule fun? I read. That was, you answered that really quick. Yeah. I, cause I'm, I'm actually had to stop and think about what I do for fun. It got like this past, this is year, the real answer. I yeah. literally was like, okay, well, working out is fun, but is it actually fun or am I just doing it for wellness? It came down to it that it was a little bit of both. Um, I started therapy this year just to unwind on somebody else aside from my fiance, cause she's it's driving her insane. Um, <laughs> so Hi, Hannah. one of the biggest things they had said was, you know, what do you do for self-care? And I did not know how to answer that. And it was like a very earth shattering moment for me to sit there and say, wow, you don't know what you do for fun. And I had to go back to actually doing activities to figure out what I found was fun. One of them is hockey. I love wild hockey games. You're a massive hockey fan. Yep. And I don't know how I forgot, but I did. If you ever want to see True. Jonah light up, talk about the wild. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you, I mean, when we first met you, that was a huge passion. And then for a couple of years there, I didn't hear you talk about them. And imagine that that's when you were finding yourself in the hospital. And now for the last six to eight months, we've been hearing it about a lot more. You've been going to some more games and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, that reading and nature, we've found that nature has been really helpful. So what do you mean? Like going to a zoo? That's nature, right? Hike. Sarah? Yeah. Hiking, camping. Okay. Um, vacations growing up when I was super young, my mom took me to Disney world when we first got here in Orlando studios. Um, it was great, but they never helped me appreciate like just normal things that you don't really have to pay for. Hannah brought me camping on one of our first trips and I thought I was going to hate it. And I did for a couple of days because you, I mean, it's primitive. I guess you don't have to, you don't shower or anything for a couple of days. Um, Welcome and to you a teenage to boy's life. Put your own tent up. It was, but I actually ended up really enjoying um, not being available. Because here you have to be on 24 hours, seven days a week. 
and you really do have to otherwise I don't know. <laughs> it's on your phone. It's on your social. I have clients who message me and there's nothing wrong with it, um, but it's hard to get away from work. So I've found that the best way to get away from work is to really dive get into away nature. from work yep, <laughs> to where you can't get any service. <laughs> um, I would also like to point out that sometimes your version of camping is what's known as glamping um, and it Instagram the hell out of it. Um, Hugh Jade asked that you had some sharp pain on your left arm there. Um, did that eventually go away? Yeah, it happened a couple of times and it would numb my arm so that I had to go in and do a EKGs every time I went into the hospital. Um, a lot of it I think was related to stomach issues. Um, cause your stomach is the central of everything. And after I started doing a more healthy diet, cutting out dairy, um, being a lot more disciplined in how I eat. And I'm not a sit down and eat a big meal person. I'm very much like a snacker. I have to eat seven times throughout the day. Otherwise I'll get too full. I see you put um, down three pounds of peanut M&Ms in like 24 hours though. But yeah, it went we away. We don't have to share all the secrets. And, uh, oh, I got some. I'm, I'm, you're welcome, <laughs> Hannah. It just made my arm numb for a little bit. And it, I don't think it really came down to anything heart related. Uh, but a lot of it was stress induced. And I think it was a stomach issue. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Go ahead. So the question was, after you work out, Jonah, what's the rest of your daily routine? What's your day look like? Monday to Friday or weekends? Okay. Monday to Friday, I'm disciplined to be in the office. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I'm, I work weekends for tours and I'm in the office Monday to Friday. Um, so we'll go work out Monday courses, 5.45. I don't do AMP. AMP is like cycling. Hannah does AMP. So we actually break apart in the morning and I'll go run. So I'll go run for about 45 minutes. Um, we'll do the sauna, cold shower therapy. I have an eight o'clock call with the team where we talk about how our weekend was. It's about a 15 minute call. Um, I'm typically getting re ready to go to the office by that time. I'd like to say you have my full attention, the full 15 minutes, but typically I'm doing my Don't hair getting me. ready. Don't lie to me. Um, we know Jonah, it's yeah. okay. I'll be in the office by 8.30 to nine. I used to have accountability meetings at 8.30, but that is my commitment is before nine o'clock. Um, team meeting, 10 to noon. That's adjusted now. This is our first month. We haven't had a team meeting on Mondays. And then I do client follow-up. I, um, The client follow-up involves a lot of offer reviews. So I can teach my clients, you know, what we're experiencing, what they're experiencing on their level. So that way we can um, hopefully win if we didn't win an offer. Um, and then I do a lot of team work. So if somebody has a question about offer reviews, um, I'm available for the team and that's why I show up in the office. What, when do you do your circle prospecting? Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, typically from noon to two o'clock. I took on a coach on Tuesdays, so I'm unavailable for her between 1.30 and 2.30. Um, and then we do call nights five o'clock to seven on Wednesdays. So I dedicate at least one night a week. It used to be Tuesdays to call at night. And one of the biggest things I love about our team is we train how to do this. A lot of times there are teams who purchased leads. We've found that it wasn't what was most effective for us. And it, it's just based on our culture. So, um, uh, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I did anyways. Um, so how many hours a week do you say you're in the office? We should get two answers. Jonah's answer. Yeah, and then Hannah's answer. And Hannah's answer. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, at least nine o'clock to four. That's not including the late days. And I'll have at least two of those, one to two of those a week. So you're in the office between 30 and 45 hours a week. And then your tour is on top of that. Is that the right math? Yeah. Yeah. It's about yep. 60 hours a week total with tours. Yep. But it's a very manageable, very scheduled out, very routine 60 hours. So it doesn't feel ridiculous. Yes. Is that correct? That's correct. Jake, what do you got? What are your 2022 goals? Are we talking financially? Are we, so are we talking like, so why don't you give the real estate answer? And the personal. And, and Oh, and the personal. I, whoa. And the personal. I apologize for my outburst. I found my comfort zone for um, the life that we want to live in the production I did last year. So that's what I'm looking to do is duplicate that. 
So roughly 10 million in volume. A little bit over that with referrals out of state, but yes. Okay. Um, my coach might be disappointed in hearing I wasn't going to shoot for more. Um, ultimately, if I could do just as much as I did last year and be more present at home, that's what's most important to me. Um, yeah. So my biggest thing, the most important thing to me is being able to shut off work when I get home. And that's a challenge. I'm sure for a lot of you in this room and everybody that's watching. Um, but my biggest goal is being present at home um, and working and actually working when I'm in the office so I can shut it off. How, how, how can you be more? Because when, when we say 60 hours a week, somebody who's not an entrepreneur, solopreneur, business owner, whatever, they're thinking, oh, I work my 40 hours, I punch a clock and I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're up here telling us that you're living this fantastic life, but you're getting up at 5 a.m. to be at the gym, which I love. Some people sound horrible. Um, I hate it, actually. I, I hate being up that early. Um, but how, how can you, on one sentence, say, I want to be more present at home, and then and the very one right before it, say, I'm working 60 hours a week? Like, I, I, I know how you do it, but that's what a skeptic is going to ask. Well, we sleep at nine o'clock at night, eight o'clock. We're literally asleep by that time. So it really maximizes our day the next morning. So even your sleep schedule is routine. Pretty, pretty routine, unless I'm having an off day where I'm super stressed. But yeah, if you ask Hannah, we're in bed by like eight and all of her friends are like, why? What? Um, And I'm I mean, she's 28. I'm 30. We're both fairly young. Um, What was your question? You're you're doing right. So like so, you know, you're doing your 35 to 40 hours a week in the office. Yeah. And then you're doing tours typically on weekends. You know, the 60 hours is more in peak season. So like, how do you manage that on weekends and how do you manage date nights and how do you manage that personal life still? A big part of it is my partner. Um, we've had a very clear understanding of how, how successful I want to be in my career. And it really starts at home. And if your partner does not see in line with that, or they're not willing to support that, it's going to be a big push and pull. And I've gone through that previously in my other relationships um, she is one of the biggest reasons why I can do what I do at such a high level and be present um, is because she's taking care of things at home. Um, and at work, one of the biggest things I've dedicated to is discipline. I have my top five priority items that I need to focus on in order to feel accomplished. And that includes prospecting. That includes talking to a number, amount, number of people that aren't doing business with me to continue to expand my business. And the reason why I've been so heavy on prospecting, even at the stage that I'm in right now, is because I want to have the freedom to choose my clients. And year five, being able to honestly set expectations and I don't want to say refuse, but suggest a client to go somewhere else or work with somebody else because we may not be a good fit has been one of the best things for me personally because some people you just don't mesh with. And the freedom that I've gotten from the hard work is well worth, <laughs> you know, is well worth all the time that I have to dedicate to training and prospecting. So uh, it sounds like you work with the people you want to work with, not everybody because you have to. I'm striving. Yes, I'm striving to that point. Um, I really am. That's that's a pretty amazing place to be. We've been there for a couple of years and it truly does make the 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 time and effort you put in more effortless and seem like the do something where you lose track of time and when you're working with the right client you're losing track of time because it's so wonderful yeah and you bring that home with you and you really do. you're not pissed off that you deal with an asshole all day you're actually at home and having a good time that's exactly yeah. right yeah it's, well and it really like comes from that abundance mindset mm-hmm. that there is enough business for everyone and you're going to be matched with the people that are best matched for you. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, it has been 45 minutes. Do you have any? I would love to open it up for questions. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's anything else, I was going to see if anybody had any questions. The question was, uh, you read a lot. So what are you reading for fun, for business? What, what, what books do you recommend? I should have answered this with her question about my routine. I start the morning with um, self-care books. Mel Robbins is my favorite. Brene Brown, I've just started going into. Um, And a lot of that is it keeps you mindful. It keeps you aware. And in situations where we're managing 
emotions for people, it's really easy to forget where they come from, the place that they're coming from. Um, so Mel Robbins is great. She has this thing called a book called uh, The High Five Habit. And a lot of the, these books, I will audible over and over again. If I like the book, I'll buy the book and highlight it through. Um, podcasts is another one. Uh, we Can Do Hard Things by Glennon Doyle is a really good one. For on my way to the office, I listen to prospecting because I have my, um, I have to get in the right mindset to be able to get more business. Um, it sounds like a pretty solid routine. Like, yeah. What, what prospecting? Who are you listening to? Ferry? Uh, I do Tom Ferry for market updates. So I do housing updates once a week. David Arbit, when he has his sessions, I'm always on those sessions. If he's watching, he is my man crush. Uh, yeah, he's mine too. <laughs> Um, you, David understanding the state yeah. of the market has been really helpful for me as a newer agent. Um, Glover U, they've came out with a, a few new segments about understanding personality styles for clients. Uh, the reason why that's important is you want to meet your client where they're at. And a lot of times people want to have them come to you. And that's not customer service. Customer service is coming is meeting your client where you need to be at. Um, so that's a lot of my practice has been personality styles and understanding how to speak to the right people. What about for fun? Oh, see, yeah, you push her a little bit. We, what was that series called? If Hannah's watching, she oh, it's knows. the um, it's called The Secret Place. Where they're, they're like the she, thriller podcast, it's like the Hannah's murder books, and yeah, and a lot of them are about murder. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't don't think it's. I wouldn't say it's fun per se, but we read them together. So we'll like, and didn't she we'll take you to those campsites? <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell me more. What? We went to California and she thought it would be funny to listen to audible books about people getting killed in the areas we were staying at. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, no. And then we started listening to crime podcasts in the same areas that, that we were and w when she's camping, she's camping like a crazy person. Like, yeah, you're making her no, sound really crazy all of a sorry. sudden. One of the camping trips we went to had no address. It was literally like a GPS coordination <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And then we popped a tire. That's right, in the Jeep. In the Jeep in Arizona. That was awesome. And she thought it would be funny to listen to the Morbid podcast about somebody getting murdered while they were camping while our tire was deflated and there was nobody around us. So, I mean, that sounds fine. I slept with a kitchen knife. <laughs> Sarah, you hate anything that has a tail that's not a dog. Yeah. You are not a camper. But I mean, not I'm glad close. you made Where's it back, Jonah. Ritz? Good question. That's good that question. A good question. Any other questions? This is a real estate question. Um, what type of prospecting are you doing? Are you focusing on listings or give the, like the, three minute version because we could ramble on this for hours. I, yeah, since I've been in business, it's always been a shortage of inventory. So identifying that problem and providing the solution, we can have all the buyers that we want, but if we're not bringing listings onto the market, that's the problem. Um, so I prospect for listings and I've grown my business with circle prospecting. And the reason why I found that was because we do a really good job with all of our listings and why wouldn't they want to talk to us? And being able to know that you are doing everything you can and getting the highest dollar amount will give you the confidence to speak with any neighbor. And at the end of the day, they want to talk to you too, because you just sold their, their, their neighbor's house for higher than anything else that's ever sold there. Um, so circle prospecting has been the best avenue for me. I've built a lot of relationships. Um, I've met a lot of people in person. A lot of times I'll have to go pick up the, the lockbox or the sign panel. Um, I'm five foot, I'm small. So if I approach somebody, I'm either selling cookies or I am, you know, selling real estate. Nobody ever gets startled when I approach them. So I've actually found a lot of people. I just closed on one in November um, for a teacher that I had found. She was reading a Rachel Hollis book. I used to read Rachel Hollis. I approached her, introduced myself. She contacted me when she was ready to leave her town home. Um, so building relationships. And a lot of them take some time, but it's so are, are you just fearless or are your goals just more important than being afraid to do something? My goals are more important and I know that I can do. I know that my work ethic 
will be the best for that client. And I know that. I know that if they need me to talk them through something late at night, I'm there. And I know that if they need help, they can ask me. And if I can't do it, I'll go find the solution. So at the end of the day, one of the biggest things that's most important to me is putting forth that work ethic because I, I personally know I'm the best solution for them. Yes, that's very true. All right. Anything else? I was just going to wrap it up with, um, or do you have more to say? Okay. Is like Jonah, you are like, I don't want to say small, but like literally like small, but mighty. And you said it anyways, you literally, I am going to yeah, say it right. because like, I think the first impression can be like, oh, that's Jonah. Maybe, you know, maybe she's weak or small or whatever. But like, if you really get to know Jonah, like you are a warrior inside. And I really think hearing your story today. Oof. Yeah. And she gives a mean chest bump on the golf course. Yeah. So like, keep doing you. It's working. Um, we're so excited for you and Hannah, the balance that you bring to each other's life. And it is mutual. It, you see it both ways is just phenomenal. And if you ever want to go out to dinner with Jonah, you email Hannah. Um, like there are Jonah hacks. <laughs> there they are. What? Oh, yeah. No, it's not Hannah's number. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jonah hacks. Like that, that could be our next TikTok or something like Jonah hacks. Um, but we really appreciate you like sharing with us today. We appreciate you being vulnerable and not only sharing with this room, but also our live audience. And honestly, like the sky is truly the limit because wherever you decide to go, you're going to, you're going to get there. And so. you'll be well-dressed when you get there. Thank you. He's always well-dressed. Thank you everybody for coming. All yeah. right. Uh, we love you very much. Uh, everybody give Jonah a round of applause. Tune in each week for more in-depth conversations about life behind the highlight reel. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to make sure you never miss an episode. For today's show notes, head over to lbthr.com.